Hello, always listeners. It is I, Lady B of Liverpool. I recommend Dear Bitches, Smart Authors, the podcast. I think it's a great podcast for book nerds. The main host is Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. She's often joined by Jane Litt from Dear Author or by other reviewers from The Bitchery. It is a weekly podcast and the episodes vary in length from maybe 40 minutes to 90 minutes. You can find the podcast under its full name, New and Improved, Now with More Awesome, DBSA Romance Fiction Podcast. Why are people still allowing Sarah to name things? Anyway, you can find podcast transcripts and links to books that are mentioned on the podcast at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. Welcome to Lucky Episode 13 of Always Listening. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel, and we are very late. There's a lot of issues. <laughs> so, but hey, we're also back together again. Together again. We're so glad to be together I don't, again. I don't think the worst part, like, I don't feel bad at all about being late. Uh, hey, look. What I do feel bad about <laughs> is that it happened during... Listener Appreciation Month. Yeah. Like, we could not have screwed the pooch We're, we're putting more. out twice as many episodes, except we're not putting out <laughs> any episodes at all. <laughs> um, but we did put out one last week, we did, and now you're going to get a bunch of them. You're going to get all the reviews we promised you. We are going to get back on track. And now you're going to get them in our home studio, too. And as a matter of fact, in our new studio. As you heard in the intro to this week's show, we are reviewing a little podcast called the DBSA Romance Fiction podcast from smart bitches trashy books yeah I, I love that title by the way and that's a ongoing blog that's been for a long time there's another romance novel blog called dear author they came together to form this podcast and i think we've mentioned this before but in itunes you can't use bad words in titles we talked about this when we talked about the sorry about last night podcast yeah so because uh, they get in trouble all the time because because they're the girls we or the guys we effed is the was the name of that show, but you can't name your show that if you want to be in iTunes. So likewise, these ladies had to change it from Dear Bitches Smart Authors, which is the original name of the show. Now they're the new and improved DBSA podcast. I first of all, I want to say thank you to uh, B from Liverpool for suggesting this show, but also Josh. How could we not think of always listeners? That's the best title ever. Yeah, for our listeners. Yes, for our fans. Always listeners. Yeah, we are not smart. So we haven't really talked about this at all since we made the transition to always listening. But when we were pod on pod, it was something that we talked about a lot. What should our fans be called? I say a lot. We talked about it several times. Even on the air, I think we talked about it. See, and I still don't like I don't I still don't like people referring to their listenership as fans. What do you want them? Are they fam? No, they're listeners. They're D- the Dominic audience. Dominic Torelli or whatever. When you're fam, you always fam. No. <laughs> no? Fan. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, you, they're just listeners. You yeah, just they're want listeners people to they're okay. your audience. Well, and, uh, but I think most shows like to have a sort of a name, a community. Oh, uh, for instance, the one that I hear a lot lately, because I'm listening to that show a lot, Trivial Warfare, they talk about the warheads. So have you listened to Your Mom's House? 
No. <laughs> what is? I don't know what that is that you just did. I don't know uh, that. It's two. Uh, it's a couple. <laughs> it's house. a couple. They're both comedians. I believe they're married now, but they call their listeners mommies. Okay, then. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, every listener's a mommy. I don't know about that. Uh, all right. Let's. So let's start breaking this show down. You and I were both intrigued when this one was suggested, and it got shoved onto the list. It got added to the list sort of late in the game. It actually replaced one that we had already chosen. Yeah. And I think we were both. Well, let's see how we liked it. Let's talk, start with host likability. You've got and and they've got real names, of course, but they've also got the names that they that they blog by and that you can find them on Twitter. Redheaded girl, Elise, and SB Sarah. Uh, those are the three main hosts that you hear on a regular basis. Um, I liked everybody, truthfully. I liked everybody that I heard on the show. There were a couple who like they tended not to have the best connection or. They tended to sort of circle around their point and not get right to it or whatever. They're not super professional broadcasters. And so they were hosts that I liked more than others, but it was close. I, all of these people were generally well-spoken and entertaining. Well, I think the first episode I listened to was the truck nut episode. <laughs> and they're not really talking about – like they're they're talking about the Midwest, really, because redheaded girl is from – Ooh, I really don't want to get it wrong, but oh well. Either I'll just do both. She's either from Wisconsin or Minnesota, and um, one of the other hosts is from the opposite state. Are Wisconsin and Minnesota beside each other? I know they really <laughs> don't. It's kind of like Louisiana and Arkansas, really. Okay. So if you're from there, they're very different. If you're not from there, they sort of muddily look the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I was in Minnesota while I was listening to this, right? Because I've you know I've been I've been up there for a month and so. So yeah, the first episode that I listened to was a pretty good uh, episode to listen to for getting to know the hosts because it wasn't one of the traditional episodes where it's like an interview. So it was all three of those hosts, and really what it was is it was a Midwestern kind of special show because two of them are from the Midwest. One is from Minnesota. The other one is from Wisconsin. And so I believe what Sarah was asking the questions about Minnesota and Wisconsin and the Midwest, which was cool because they talked about like hot dish, which I had while I was there. That's like a big Midwestern thing. What is it just a hot plate? <laughs> what's, no, no, what's no, no, a hot no, dish? That's a di- so it's like a it's, it's a casserole. Okay. Everything there's a ton of casseroles up there. <laughs> and what's funny is, so I was in Minnesota. The person in Wisconsin says, "Hey, this is what's in a hot dish." The person from Minnesota is like, "No, no, 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 you don't put that in a hot dish." <laughs> and then says, "What's in the Minnesota hot dish?" And I was like, "Yeah, I had the Minnesota hot dish. Yeah." yeah. Uh, but it was a great episode to get. <laughs> To know the personalities. The, the Minnesota hot dish sounds like something one of these characters in one of these romance novels would catch. You know, I got a new boyfriend and he, and he gave me the Minnesota, Minnesota hot, hot dish. dish. Yeah. Uh, but it was a, I thought it was a great episode to listen to, not necessarily to learn what kind of content is from this this podcast, but I think that it it was a good jumping off point to get into their personalities. So, for example, the title of that episode, the first two words in the title are truck nuts. Uh, And here's a little conversation they have about it. These are also called truck nuts, truck balls, bumper nuts, bumper balls, cargo nads, drive-through danglers, truckstacles, hitch nuggets, highway hangers, and Balls on a truck, unless you are in the UK, in which case it is bumper bollocks. 
Well, it's like the automotive version of Axe body spray. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> yep. They come in blue. So, yeah, the best part of that was truck nuts. It's kind of like the Axe body spray for trucks. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I thought that was pretty apt. I'd never heard that analogy before, but no, it's it's pretty on the nose. And I didn't see his uh, disappointing part is, and I, after I listened to this, I started looking. I didn't see a single truck nut while I was up there. Really? Yeah. You see them a lot down here. Oh, that yeah. They're not, everywhere down here. I was going to say, that is not just a Midwestern thing by any... Like, you get a free pair when you leave the <laughs> dealership. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's a good example, I thought, of why I like these folks. Uh, and it's it's one of those times when it... like. It reminds me that I'm in a different demographic box than I used to be. So they're talking about traveling with kids. This is in episode uh, 162. And first of all, they're complaining about how difficult it is to get out with a family. And then they're looking down on young parents who have, like, babies and are like, well, well you know, we got to the babies. We can't leave the house. And they're like, those are still mobile. Just throw them in a carrier and get out, which I heard a lot from a lot of different people. I, I like this. This It turns out it's harder to get to England from Oregon with kids and dogs and husbands than Dude, I did it would be. You it's know? so true. I know. I'm in Jersey. It's hard to get to England with kids and dogs and husbands. I know. It's hard to really get out the door with kids and dogs and husbands. Lord, yes. It's like, my God, I have like, what, what, why, why do I have an entire like nursery full of stuff? to? Oh my God. I know. I know. And I'm like, what are you, what are you people doing? Like, why is it taking you a hundred, you know, minutes to get out that drives me crazy? You've been tying your shoe for a half hour. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's funny. I've now, we've traveled internationally with our kids. So we've gotten it down when we're traveling together. We all have one bag. We, we, you know, figure out where to do laundry so we can travel light and move quickly. Because if you want, if you have little people with you, you don't want to have one of your hands constantly occupied by a suitcase. You want to have your hands free. And when we were traveling this year, I met somebody who was like, yeah, I had a baby two years ago and (laughs) you know, we haven't been traveling. And I'm like, there's still a pretty good amount of portable at that age. Like you can put them in a backpack and go. Yes. Stroller. Oh yeah. Those sounds so good. I'm over that. When you're trying to, like, move everybody? Oy. Yeah, Rachel and I uh, don't have that problem at all. We have no kids. <laughs> well, and you're one of the ones that's like, can't you just put them in a carrier? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I said that <laughs> often. <laughs> put them in a swing. <laughs> and they're younger. Well, now, now <laughs> that... bring them over. Now that they're... Now that they're... Now that they do things on their own. Yes. I'm like, that's even easier, dude. Just tell them, just be like, kennel up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so last night I came and hung out with you and our, uh, a couple of buddies from college and uh, honey bun, my wife, Kelly was very upset that she didn't get, she was like, you know, I'm so bummed. Like, I'm glad you're getting to go hang out, but I'm bummed that I don't get to hang out with the guys ever, you know, that I don't ever get to go to these sorts of events. And I'm like, well, you know what Josh would say if we ask him? He'd say, just bring the kids. It's like, yeah. boy, the fact of the matter is, though, like, they don't go down at their home when everything is the same every night and we have a routine and they have a bed, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, they, they wouldn't have come wouldn't. over and gone to sleep. <laughs> I like, know. I would have riled them up and kept them up as long as possible so they were as pissy as possible on the ride home. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. It would have been it would have been very, very bad. Uh, so... Anyway, I like that bit. I like the fact that these ladies are roughly the same place in life uh, as I am. It reminded me in that way when they went into those sorts of family conversations. It reminded me a little bit of Mommy's Cocktail Hour. Yeah. I, I bet these ladies would like those ladies and vice versa. Yeah, what's great is we've talked about host likability, and neither of the bits that we've talked about has anything to do with 
being an author or writing a book or doing tours or any of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get there. We're going to get there in the content. So let's let's move on though. Let's talk about the production values. I like the theme music. Yeah, I got some. I got some notes though. There is. I think that's really the only thing that's going on. Yeah, uh, in they that don't show. They don't play sounders. They don't play um, bits or anything like that. But. In the intro, so there's kind of a little cold open kind of thing that that happens. Uh, often the music will play under her talking. Mm-hmm. I have a clip of that coming up in a bit. There's just there's too much music. There's too much music. You on think both it's too ends. long? Yes, it's too long in the beginning. Like it plays under her for too long. Fade the music out. Take it away. Like I like the music. Give me a flavor of it, and then get it out of my way and start the podcast. And at the end. I like the song, but she they play like six minutes of the song. And I, I know I say that as a guy who plays almost the full theme song on at the end of our show, too. But that full theme song is like three and a half minutes. But it's at the end of the minutes. show. Who cares? Just turn it off. Me. I care as a guy who's listening to the whole episode as I'm reviewing it. Like, Why are you having to listen to the whole? <laughs> because I want to comment on the way that they mix their show, you jerk. And now we know how you're getting away from it. You're just skipping the end. But I'm like... That's what ends up happening. The song comes on. I hear it one time. If I hear the same thing happening twice, I'm like, you're not going to catch me a third time. I'm cutting (laughs) it off right here. But that's that's what I'm saying here is too much. I would trim that if it was me. She does a great job, I will say this, of promoting that artist. And off the top of my head, I can't remember what the musical artist's name is, but it's the same one throughout the series as far as I can hear. um, She promotes them a lot. We're going to disagree here. Okay. And I'm going to take an odd stance for myself. I don't mind that the music is being played under her in the cold open. I like that when there's music, if I'm skipping forward or skipping back, I forgot something, I hear that music, I know it's the cold open. I know she hasn't gotten into the meat of the episode yet. Uh, So it's a clear delineation from this is me just jacking about whatever, and now here's the content of the episode. And that music cuts off when they get into the content, so it doesn't bother me so much. Do you want to let? Do you want to give them a taste of that? We've got a. We've got the the clip. Uh, it's a, a good story uh, that she's telling, but it also shows how she uses the music yeah, under sure. the voice. Yeah, let's put that here. My first RT was in Orlando a number of years ago, and my first book in 2009 had just come out, and somebody was talking to me and talking to her, and the person who was speaking to her was really excited to meet Jay, extremely excited, and looked over at my book and asked what it was, and Jay hand-sold her a copy of my book in addition to everything else that she was buying, and I was shocked, and I was like, why did you do that? And she said, any books that sell are good for all of us, which I now call the law of Jay Wells. So there's an example of the music under her talking, but um, what I love about this clip is that's true for podcasting, right? Oh, the, the it's not a zero-sum game? No. Like, like we're not competitors. If we can get somebody else to listen to uh, another podcast, if we can get them to find a, their next favorite podcast and they're just consuming it every week or every two weeks or however that podcast comes out, like that's good for everybody. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, first of all, and w- you'll hear a little bit of this in our um, listener feedback this week, but you know, it, to my mind, anytime you get someone that listens to your show – even if they stop listening on a weekly basis because they've added some other shows and you've sort of fallen down the list, the fact that they know you exist and that you're out there 
means at some point they might have a hankering for you again and come back and, and binge. They can listen to a bunch of them all in, all in a row. And meanwhile, you've added to the pool of people who is out there on a regular basis going, hey, I listen to podcasts and I love them. I've got five that I, are my favorites. And if you're going to listen to podcasts, let me tell you a couple that you might want to start with. Yeah. And one of those is going to be your show that they don't listen to every week anymore, but it's good for a starter show, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it is absolutely not a zero-sum game. I agree with you. That's a good... That's a good uh, I hadn't thought about that in the in relation to podcasting, but you're right. Let's move on to audio quality. Pretty good. Some of the hosts come in by Skype calls. Yeah. Some of the guests come in by Skype calls. They're not terrible. B mentioned uh, who suggested the show to us. She mentioned in the in the first email when she suggested it. Listen to some of the early ones if you want, but definitely listen to the more recent ones because the audio quality has improved as they went. I listened to a couple of older episodes, and she's right. It, it wasn't great. It's better now than it was. They're doing a good job. They seem to be moving in the right direction, and that goes across the board for their guests and hosts and every, the general production and everything. Sort of like we talked about last week, it's pretty close. Like, all of it is, is pretty close. None of it was terrible. I feel like I have said everything I think I will ever want to say about, about audio, audio quality. quality in last week's episode. All right, fair enough. So it was fine. Uh, let's move on to content, and that's the really important thing here. What does this show talk about? And Josh has sort of beat around the bush a little bit on it. it so you, they talk to authors. Yes. They talk to other fans of the genre. They talk to critics. They talk to you know um, uh, publishers. They talk to librarians. They talk to all sorts of people in and around the romance fiction industry. And they do a really good job, I feel like, of introducing you to a lot of different books, exposing you to a lot of different series if you're remotely interested in the genre. Even if you're not interested in the genre, they do a pretty good job of making the show interesting if you're listening along with, for instance, as as B suggested, her husband doesn't read romance. She does. She listens to the show. He listens to the show with her because it's entertaining. Yeah, I don't think you have to be. I don't think you have to be a, a romance reader to to enjoy the show. You and I. This is something we haven't talked about in a while. But we used to talk a, a lot about the spousability factor of a podcast. Like, can your can your significant other listen to it, even though they don't generally like this? Is it is it entertaining yeah. enough? This one has sort of a reverse for you and me. Like, this might be a show that my wife would listen to, and I might listen along with her because it's, yeah, okay, it's generally entertaining, and it's not offensive to me in any manner. Like, it's not dumb. It's not horribly produced. It's not boring, you know? I actually like the show, and if, like, I find an author on there that I've read, right? So, for example, I'll listen to the Rachel Aaron episode because I've right. read the Elon Mon Press books. Oh, okay. Which are a lot of fun. I mean, they're just fun books. Have you read the... The Outlander books? No. Okay. We should. I should try one of those. Isn't that a TV show? Yeah, it's, it's, it's on Stars now. Yeah, that's why I was like, I'm not going to listen to this. You're just going to watch the show I'm sometime? I'm not going to watch the show either. <laughs> they describe it as the anti-Game of Thrones. It's for all the women who watch Game of Thrones, and they're like, boy, this would be great if it, there wasn't a rape in every other scene. But there's not. <laughs> there's a lot of rape. <laughs> there's a lot of rape in There's Game not of even a lot of rape in Game of Thrones. It's just that when it happens, they it linger. is so gratuitous <laughs> yeah, they, that that's what people talk about. But in a ten in a ten episode season, there's maybe one in one episode. Well, apparently there is less in uh, Outlander. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, the the content varies. They they talk to all of these people about all these sorts of things. W one of the episodes I listened to in particular was they brought on uh, a critic to discuss the Outlander book series and then how much they loved the the TV show as well. And it's literally like an hour and a half of them just fangirling over that 
Then you get this episode, and I'm going to share. This is from episode 162. Oh, uh, you know what? What's funny is I've you said fangirl. I've uh, I just always thought fanboy was gender e- exclusive. Yeah, like it didn't or gender non exclusive. Yeah, should say. I thought fanboy worked for a girl or a boy. Well, I mean, it does, but fangirl is also a thing that people say. Mm. Fan, fangirls generally squee. Fanboys don't squee very much. I beg to do <laughs> Well, they don't squee out loud. They squee on the inside. <laughs> no, I think if you're a fanboy, that's exactly what you, what you do when you're a fanboy. Uh, so, But no, in this episode, 162, so they're talking to a librarian. This woman served as a – she wasn't trained in library sciences – but she uh, had like a master's degree in English and uh, she specialized in this particular time period and she served as librarian for a rare books collection. Ooh. And it, yeah, and it was very interesting to me to hear what her job was like. And here's a little bit of that. Is she like, I'm a rare librarian? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a rarian? I'm a <laughs> rare, rare rarian? No, no she, didn't, she didn't do that. All right, so here's a little snippet of that conversation. So usually when books are that old, you have to keep them in a special room with humidity and wear white gloves. And did, I mean, did you have to do all of that? Or are they kind of like, yep, they're here, they're fine. Let's take a look we at did, them. We took really good care of them. We didn't do the white glove thing. But at the time I was... At the time I was working there, the library was still closed. Like it wasn't the Chotten House hadn't actually opened up at that point. Mm-hmm. So we were acquiring books, but we it wasn't really it wasn't open to the public at all. You kind of had to know it was there. Like if people called me and said, "Can I come see, come see them?" I would always you know welcome them in. But it wasn't like we had all these people coming in looking at books, right? Mm-hmm. But they were in a, a locked, secured room, an air controlled room, and um you know with, with plenty of air circulation between them, but. Not not so much the white glove thing though. That would have been cool. Yeah, maybe I should have just worn white gloves myself. Then I, you know, never mind. Make it a style choice. Yeah, totally. I love that. Like I love that whole. I love that whole thing. I liked, and she had a lot of good things to say too about books. She was an author in her own right now, and that's what they were ostensibly having her on to discuss is her book. But they they talked to her about her broader career. I don't know if I trust it. If you have an opportunity to wear white gloves. Why wouldn't you wear the white gloves? <laughs> we'll see this. I don't think it occurred to her that she could, that, hey, this is the moment where we put the white gloves on. Yeah. Nobody told her. There was nobody there to tell her. <laughs> so uh, w- did you have anything else to add in content or are you ready to get yeah, to so, this? Yeah, so that's a good piece of of, uh, of content. At least, you know, they're talking about books, uh, which is kind of implied by the title of the show. Yeah. Here's one that I really liked from the Rachel Aaron episode. Uh, and Rachel Aaron has a uh, book called 2K to 10K, so writing two K words a day to 10 K words a day and kind of the process that she goes through or that she's put together to get to that point, which I'd never thought of. And so here's that. So I was, I was really desperate and I was paying for a babysitter for like 12 hours a week. And I had 12 hours a week to write and I had to get a lot of writing done. And that was actually what sparked the big jump of 2K to 10K where I went from writing 2000 words a day to 10,000. But the first kind of talking about the metrics, which is a big part of the efficiency was that I was, I was like, okay, can I make it? Can I make my deadline in 12 hours a week? And I had no idea because I had never measured how fast I wrote or how much I wrote. And I had like some vague numbers from finished books like, oh, this book was X number of words long, but I didn't know dates when I started. So I couldn't say it takes me X number of days to write this many words. And I was, I was just kind of appalled because if you're in any other business, like if I was a baker, and they're like, how long is it going to take you to make a cake? And I'm like, oh, it's an artistic process. No one would buy cakes from me. 
<laughs> Sorry. I don't know when I can make you your cake. You're just going to have to guess. You, just, you know, I don't know. Try it next <laughs> Tuesday, but I might have like baker's block. So. <laughs> I'd never thought of the baker analogy, but that's like. Well, <laughs> it reminds me of the George Carlin bit about, or no, it's not George Carlin, Lewis Black talking about how uh, weathermen, are, you know, were off by a foot when they're talking about a blizzard or something. He's like, if oh, you yeah. were a roofer and you were off by a foot, you'd yeah. still be in jail. Yeah, no, <laughs> but know? that's like, but you don't think about that when it comes to authors, right? So like, like you have like George R. R. Martin, right? Yeah. He writes <laughs> incredibly At slow. A glacial pace. So if I could... I would take the. This would be such a such a jerk move to do. <laughs> I would I would purchase the two K to ten K, and I would send it to one of my favorite authors, Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, what does he write? He writes the King Killer Chronicles. Okay, and he's slower than Martin. Oh, they in a dead heat. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he as old and heavy as Martin? No, no, no. no. So if <laughs> like like the worry with Martin is. That dude's going to kill over. <laughs> he looks, he and looks then like it's going to turn into a Robert Jordan situation, to <laughs> yes. where they're going to have to bring a Ghost Rider in to write the last book. I'm but doesn't really know what's going on. It splits it into two books. I'm assuming you get Dan and and DB Weiss or whatever the the guys behind David Benioff or the two guys behind the TV show. They already know how everything ends. They're already working on a story past what the books are. I'm assuming if he kills over, that's who you get to write the books, right? Why they're not writers? Yeah, they are. They're writing the TV show. Like they're, they're writers. Writing, writing a TV show and writing a, a novel are two different things. Okay, well, maybe you get, like, R.A. Salvatore or something to polish, like, the bones that they put into place or something. But I'm saying there's no need to bring in... They know what the story is, and they've already broken the story past where his books are. I don't think there's a reason to bring in a third, like, an outside party to flesh out the end of the book. Yeah, so the dies. deal is with George... But he's just not going to die. That's the thing. We, with we George R. R. Martin, you're not worried about writer's block. Lock you're worried about Robo-top. writer's death. Yes, exactly. With Patrick Rothfuss, you're not worried about writer's death. You're worried about he's just getting so involved in everything. Because you got to think, when the first book came out, nobody really knew who this cat was. Right. Right? The Name of the Wind comes out. He kind of blows up. Now they want him at this con. Now they want him at a book tour. Now they want him to do do this. So you're doing all those things, and it's taking away from your writing time. Which was already slow. So what you do is you figure out how to structure things or systems to use so that you can get the most out of the time that you're writing. And that's a, what a lot of the point was of that clip. So you look at – you can even take that to the to the Ronda Rousey fight that just happened to where Holly took that chick down, right? Look at you being topical. I, what you I watched don't that think fight of, on Instagram. What you don't think about is Ronda's the champion. You know what Ronda's having to do before that fight? What? Oh, this interview. Oh, she's having yeah. to go do this. She's doing movie movies. auditions. Right. Yeah. She's doing all these things. You know what Holly had to do before this fight? Train. Train to think about think, kicking her ass. Think real hard about beating the mess out of Ronda Rousey. Yes, absolutely. Right. So so it's the same thing that I feel like with, with this with the situation that um that Patrick Rothfuss is in right now. So I think that's a pretty good idea on the content. Like, and they and they do break down the books themselves. They talk about the the specific series. They talk about the. I really enjoyed. There were a couple of episodes where they focused on. There was one in particular where they just discussed nerdy characters, books, series, or books individuals that that focused on a main character, a protagonist that's sort of a nerdy guy or girl. And they had a bunch of those listed. They were answering a listener question and and sort of discussing those series. They talk about – they had one whole episode where they talked about how 
the publishers should do a better job of labeling books that have triggers for people who are potentially um, um, you know, susceptible to discussions of rape or portrayals of rape or sexual violence or those sorts of things. Like any of that sort of stuff should be easily classified and you should like a rating system right on the inside. Well, if cover I'm of the reading book. something, I'm coming across something that's uncomfortable. Yeah. I'll just skip a couple pages. Mm-hmm. Well, but I, but I think there are different levels of that. Like some people like the fact that I've purchased this book and it's in my home now, it's, but I'm compelled to, you know what I mean? Even though I don't, it's making me uncomfortable and hurting my feelings or reminding me of a negative time. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting idea to put almost like a rating system in the front of the book. I think that would be a great idea. I think that's a terrible idea. All right, then let's go to our don't miss moments. This comes from episode 163. It's the episode I mentioned where they're discussing the Outlander series. And I thought this was the funniest summation of the uh, of the True Detective series ever. Listen to this. We have re- we have rewarded and awarded these super gratuitous, uber rapey, disgusting mm-hmm. uh, torture porn. Mm-hmm. So yay! Here come nine more shows like that. No, pretty. It's much. like CSI. Game and, of well, I mean, that is actually, I mean, the thing that I, I mean, I will admit, by the way, that I've only watched two episodes of, um, oh my God, what is it? It's the thing everybody loves with the people and they're sad and Matthew McConaughey is saying things. True, detective. True detective. Thank you. True God, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey is saying things. It's like, that's really <laughs> like, all you need to know about that. Saying things in a monotone and an accent. Pretty um, much. And then Woody Harrelson gives him the greatest, the fuck is wrong with you? Right. I know people loved this, but I have to say like two episodes episodes into it I was like you know what it's HBO right I was like you know what HBO I've only got room for one of these in my life I've already seen like I like I was just like I don't need to see a naked woman with the whatever and the thing and the strips and the whatever I just like I I I sat through the Sopranos because I thought it was special and new Uh and I so I was like ready I was like okay I will sit through your strippers and your like totally gratuitous pornography of you know these women in a certain way because I actually did feel like it was serving the story and I hadn't seen it before mm-hmm. and I just I was like I didn't believe in true detective it felt false and I peeled off after two episodes and everybody tells me I'm wrong but I don't care I'm not doing it I'm there's not only doing- so much room you have in your right. psyche for yep. oh god this again I know right. everyone's sad and Matthew McConaughey is saying things that sums it up doesn't it uh, here's what here's what I like. The clips that you pulled for this episode either aren't related to me, or I think they're wrong. <laughs> okay, right? but I still really enjoyed the show. We could listen to the same episode. You're going to get something different out of it than what you get out of it than what I get out of it. But we both enjoy it at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes to. Um well, it, it goes to what I'm going to say about is when we get to keep listening. But did you have a don't miss moment to share here? We already shared it. It's That's what the, I thought. Um, the truck nuts. No, that wasn't my favorite. No, no, my favorite was oh the share and share alike. Yes, yes. Uh, it's look at you being kumbaya here tonight, Josh. Are you going to keep listening to the DBSA podcast? That's a tricky question <laughs> because I'm going to cherry pick this podcast. It's not going to be one that I listen to. Weekly, and it's not going to be one that I go back and listen to the backlog once I've cherry picked. Yeah, I sort of agree. Uh, it's not really for me. I don't read romance novels pretty much at all. So, but 
it is really good at what it does. There are a couple of series or a couple of books that I'm interested in or I have read in the past, and I wouldn't mind hearing what they have to say about those. And there's a broad catalog already, 160-some-odd episodes. I am going to take issue right quick where you're like, I don't read romance novels. Because it's not – who cares if you read romance novels or not? Like, that may be the premise or how the show started or where these people came from. Yes. But that is not the vast majority of conversation. Well, that's what I was going to say. This th- this show is really good at what it does. It was really good at covering romance novels and the genre. But it's more than that. It's good for people who are not interested in the genre, too. It's a pretty good book podcast. It's a pretty good podcast about people who are in the book industry or want cool, to be good. in the book industry. Good. I just industry, didn't et cetera, et cetera. want you to use I don't read romance novels as your reason for not continuing to listen. No. No. Okay. I'm, I'm, it's not my only reason for not continuing to listen. How about that? Uh, so that is our review of the DBSA podcast. Uh, find it at Smart Bitches Trash. Books.com. And uh, thanks to B for suggesting it to us. Let's go to some listener feedback. Ooh. All right. So this comes from Not an N. Uh, you don't meet in an N oh, okay. podcast. They, they tweeted us. Uh, they said, Always Pod, thanks for giving us a listen. Glad to hear you enjoyed it. And we'll keep your criticisms in mind. Two comments about the review. We won't be covering Vampire because it is too well-known for us. They're, they, they, they like that indie stuff. Okay, right on. <laughs> so they're not going to do Vampire the Masquerade. And Christine actually didn't GM Poor Unfortunate Foles, so I was wrong on that. It was Sarah that was the GM for the, way yeah, for the Pony Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Uh, always pod. So that comes from uh, Not at an End. We appreciate you for getting back to us and correcting us, absolutely. And Carrie Lotion. This comes from Carrie Lotion, and this is what I mentioned earlier. She says, I'm catching up on months of Always Pod while continuing my house declutter. Good pod to catch up on because I am running out of podcasts. Oh, Hashtag nice. the horror. <laughs> <laughs> we will fix that problem for you, Carrie. I, I almost guarantee it. And see, that's a good example. And I hear from people on a regular basis that say that. They say, hey, I hadn't listened to you in six months, but I got a bunch of them waiting. And I want to listen to, you know, like 15 episodes in a row. Because what happens is they get on a sidetrack. They hear one of our reviews and they go, that sounds like my new favorite podcast. And they go and they listen to the whole back catalog. And once you catch up on that, well, I need some new ones now. I find that I use us the way that I think most always listeners will end up using us. So we have next up, Joel, we're going to review the No Sleep podcast. Indeed. Which at the end of the day may not be for me, but I know somebody who it is definitely for. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I can't like, while I may not continue to listen to that, that podcast, I've got somebody who's going to consume the hell out of that podcast. Listener Appreciation Month continues, my friends, as we will be reviewing the No Sleep Podcast sooner than you might think. (laughs) I promise. (laughs) It's coming. Uh, Until our next review, we've been your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are always listening.
Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more great reviews and our full list of episodes by searching for Always Listening in iTunes or Stitcher. Or go to blogtalkradio.com slash alwayslisteningpod. Find us on Facebook and Twitter as well, Always Listening Pod, and email the show, alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Raber. Two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.